fiction podcast in all of sports is back your favorite monthly wrestling soap opera has returned my name is steve detai writer director of kings of the ring now i want to thank you for coming back or testing out this very unique offering to pro wrestling fans around the world kings of the ring is a fictional and overly dramatic retelling of the 1980s wrestling wars following the rise and fall of the power brokers of the sport and a detailed look into the sex, drugs, and muscles lifestyle of the 80s wrestler and the sacrifices, oh, the sacrifices, they make for success. These characters are fictional, even if they remind you in ways of people you know, but the building blocks that make up the stories, incidents, and tales are absolutely based on the real world and history of pro wrestling, no matter how far-fetched and outrageous something might seem, because that's the point. The behind-the-scenes world of pro wrestling has always been like a real-life cable drama show, and that's what this is. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated M.A. for profanity, violence, sexual dialogue, and uh, oddly enough, no drug use today. Uh, What do you know? Sorry about that. I'm sure drugs will be back next episode. I mean, it is the 80s. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Season 5 premiere of Kings of the Ring. Hollywood Hills, Thor Hansen and his new Hollywood agent, Daniel Daybreak, opens the front doors to big-time producer Joel Silver's house, where a celebrity-packed party is in full swing. Daniel wears a white linen suit and a pink t-shirt, like he stepped off the set of Miami Vice. He has shaggy and receding blonde hair and a thin face. Thor wears his usual blue spandex pants, cowboy boots, socks pulled up to his knees, a weight belt, and a sleeveless cut-off Thor Hansen t-shirt and fingerless weightlifting gloves. Thor turns heads, as always, as he recognizes so many famous people throughout. From Bill Cosby and Rich Little to Eddie Carr, who gives him a wave. That's Thor Hansen, all right. Big fucking guy. Harlan McCoo, Dr. Ruth Westheimer, Quincy Jones, and Lionel Richie. He looks around and gulps. What's wrong, Thor? It looked like you just walked in and your parents fucking. Sorry, Daniel. When I'm in the locker room, I know I'm the man. But out here, I still feel out of place. Thor, babe, all eyes are on you since we walked in. Your ticket was punched. You're in the club. You starred in Rambo, and you're with Danny Daybreak. I promised you fame and fortune and your name and lights, and it's coming. Well, well, well. If it isn't the magic man. Daybreak stops them and sees John Travolta, Christopher Walken, and Michael Caine standing with cocktails. That's right, babe, because the magic man can make anything happen. John Travolta snickers. It's more like because he made all my money disappear. <laughs> what do you say? Never mind. Gentlemen, this hair is the next big up and coming action star. Thor Hansen. Nice to meet you, Thor. Are you a song and dance man? Christopher Walken asks. Would you like to smoke a cigar? Because in places like this, they don't allow cigars. Do you understand? Uh, yeah, sure. What would I know you from, young man? Madison Square Garden. I'm a professional wrestler. You're a professional wrestler? I did that once in the Bronx. It was 
little off-Broadway performance, it was me and my best friend. His name was Butch. Now, mind you, this isn't the Butch you're thinking of. Uh, I don't know any Butch. <laughs> no, you took my pot, right? John Travolta asks. Uh, beg your pardon? Rambo, I was talking to Sly, and he told me it was for me. Then my agent Slack, Sly wants this wrestler guy. Slack's so weird. I'm like, it's gonna be him or it's gonna be me. And I'm just like, you know, he he he. Chris, John Michael, this is the real life hero from America. What do you mean, real life hero? Michael Caine leans in. He's the world champion of wrestling and a movie star. Alright, I saw you on the telly on the America channel. You're a uh, corporal something. Uh, oh yeah, corporal punishment. Uh, no, that wasn't me. Yeah, it was. I saw it. You were in them, uh, trousers, like the army blokes wear. You mean camouflage? Is that what you're trying to say, Michael? Yeah, that's it. Camouflage trousers. And you were fighting some Chinese blood. Different guy, Mike. This is Thor Hansen. Thor's twice the size of that flat-top loser. Oh, my mistake. Sorry, mate. The star of Blame It On Rio raises his glass of champagne to Thor. Anyway, as I was saying, John, some men just want to watch the world burn. Come on, big fella. I want you to meet my other client, David Lee Arrow. Did Lamy Prick really think it was fucking corporal punishment? Kings of the Ring, episode 41, Civil War. David Lee Roth is standing next to a modern art painting, wearing spandex pants, a glitter top, and mirror sunglasses, with pieces of leather filling the gap between the lenses and his temples. He has a girl in each arm, both in bikinis, bright red lipstick, sunglasses, and giant teased hair. Dad! 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 Someone on you to mind! One and only Thor Hansen! Come here, man, let me talk to you. How you doing? I'm such a big fan. I know what you're all about. I grew up in Indiana watching Crusher Crawcheck. I know all about the original Japanese god Akira. Or was he Korean? <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> because it's professional wrestling. The finest art form and perfect theater right before your eyes. With sweat, blood, live and Technicolor 3D. I'm a believer man and a believer in you. I wanted Van Halen to be the special referee for your match at Empire Mania. And when the guys didn't want to do it, I left the band. <laughs> How did that even work? Wait, wait, you left Van Halen because of that? I don't know. I'm standing here all alone. <laughs> but listen here, man, because I have two words of advice for you, my friend, and they are go for it. Remember those two words well and wear them on your hat. Just like me, Thor, you've become bigger than the group you were with. And once your band starts playing different tunes, it's time to leave the dark side of the moon. <laughs> you speaking my language, or should I get you a trombone? <laughs> uh, uh, what? My vision is way bigger than my old band. It's 1986, so I'm making a movie just like you. It's called Crazy from the Heat. Daniel Daybreak is putting it all together right now. It's gonna be the Purple Rain for rock and roll. Isn't Purple Rain already rock and roll? It's like Ghostbusters on acid. Revenge of the nerds, but everybody's cool and accepted. <laughs> it's Beverly Hills Cop, but on a bus. Huh? And it's George Burns, but old. You stick with Danny Daybreak and stick to him good. Because he's making it happen and he will make it happen for you, my friend. Bigger than the band. Those are the two words I never want you to forget. <laughs> what I tell you, baby? Cool dude, I can't wait. By the way, Dave, uh, Donnie Gold told me he loves it when you call yourself Diamond Dave. 
He's totally flattered. Dave looks at Daybreak. What did he just say? Those just signed Donnie Gold's a big fan of yours. He stares up at Thor. Really, man, he thinks it's a nice tribute. David Lee Roth points right in Thor's face. I'm the original Diamond Dave, and I don't even know who that golden boy is. You just said you're a wrestling fan. You even just called him the golden boy. I'm going to give you a spinning roundhouse kick to that big blonde melon of yours and follow it up with a snap kick to the jaw. Somebody get my sword. Dave starts backing up, doing karate katas. Listen, Dave, he didn't mean it. Uh, let's go. What did they say? Thor, Thor, come here. Arnold Schwarzenegger calls him over. Never mind about David Lee Roth. He's crazy. How you doing, Arnold? Good to see you again. Arnold, bye-bye. You look good, though. Still pumped up. And that's what we need. For what? These are my producers, Gerald and Lawrence. Joel, great party, bye. For my next movie, we're looking for larger-than-life men of action. We think you'd be perfect. Do you know Jean-Claude Van Damme? He points across the room to a young-faced Jean-Claude Van Damme, shyly sipping a 7-Up in the corner next to Morgan Fairchild, Weird Al Yankovic, and Connie Selica. He's a karate expert. He's going to play my next opponent, an alien from outer space. Producer Joel Silver steps up. You're going to help Arnold fight him in the jungle? Yeah, sounds radical. I'm in. Come with me, Theo. Let these boys talk. Let's find you some gills. You heard the man. Thor's been dying to work with Arnold. Great. Uh, well, we get a lot of guys we're looking at, so we'd like him to audition. John, this baby, time. what are we talking about? Co-star Billy. Thor is the villain. No, Daniel. Uh, first things first. A little more than a thousand people fill the stands of the showboat pavilion in Las Vegas for an AMW TV taping as Freddie Fengler stands at ringside in front of the camera as King Kong Cyrus joins him. I'm going to bring over a newcomer to American Midwest Wrestling with a very impressive victory in his first match here at AMW. Six foot nine inch, 500 pound, King Kong Cyrus. No, I'm here for one reason and one reason only. And that's All-American Dane Sanders, the AMW North American Championship. Now I'm going to show you something, Fred Fingler. Okay, uh, we have a wooden board here placed on top of two step ladders. Now give me that nail. King Kong Cyrus is taking a, a six-inch nail, a, a spike, if you will. What are you going to do with that? We don't have a hammer. You watch, boy. King Kong Cyrus holding this nail in place on the board. Uh, I'm not sure what he's hes putting his head on the nail. Oh! Oh my god! He's then butting the nail! Oh! It went right through the board! Oh! Oh! It went right through the board in three strikes! King Kong Cyrus stands up straight, and you can see blood bursting from his forehead where he drove the nail in. Oh my! That was disgusting! Dane Sanders, are you watching? You better be. Because I'm coming for that bitch square around your waist. Because if I can hammer a nail through a tube form with my head and not even blink, just imagine what I'm going to do to you. Alright, Gainway, I need to drain the lizard. Freddy Fangler bursts into the hallway with King Kong Cyrus behind him, who walks straight to Charlie Gotch and son Nelly, holding his clipboard and headset. Cyrus nervously shakes Charlie's hand softly. Nice to meet you, sir. I'm Mark Cyrus. Charlie looks up at his face, blood dripping all over it. You too. Was that good, Nelly? Just perfect, brother. Cyrus walks back to the locker room as Charlie disgustedly wipes King Kong's hand sweat onto his slacks. Who's the big fella? 
Nelly with a sly grin on his face. That's King Kong Cyrus. Just brought him up from Atlanta. Atlanta? Hey, if Jesse and Daniel are going to steal from us, then I'm going to steal from them. Ah, uh, it's good, Sam. Arm us, equip us so we can fight. I really want to put the squeeze on Julian. Put our shows head to head with EWF's midway shows and blast him out of the territory. Wow, that's, that's pretty major. It's really happening, isn't it? You're getting cold feet already. You said you were up for this. You and your vaunted apocalypse and other tickets they'll supposedly sell. Now you got this new King Dong kid. I mean, why are you pushing out on me now? No, no, it's, uh, I'm sorry, Dad. Of course we're ready for this. It's just a bold move is all. It's how you win a war, son. Anyway, where the hell is Freddy? I put him on this. Uh, still in the john, probably. Uh, here he is. Freddy walks by, looking refreshed. Freddy, did you check the calendar yet? He looks back at Charlie, confused. The show dates to match EWF shows. Oh, right. Uh, I got everything you need, boss. Uh, what can I tell you about it after the show? The intermission's almost done. Uh, did you do it or what? Uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, I'll show you later. Yeah. Good job, Freddy. Good job. Here's your winner. Beautiful, Mary Lovelace. At the Civic Center in Columbus, Georgia, fans shower the beautiful one and Miss Kitty with boos and cat calls as he holds her hand elegantly and bows as she steps down the ring steps, an act that has entertained and infuriated wrestling fans throughout the South for most of the 80s. The seemingly gay, chubby and ugly prince, beautiful Barry Lovelace, and his ironically stunning valet, Miss Kitty who inexplicably serves and allies herself with this unattractive heel night after night. It is that contradiction and confusing dynamic that always keeps the fans engaged with these two. He holds his nose in the air like a royal prince ignoring the peasants, while Kitty takes her shot to the crowd, dousing them in hairspray to clear a path. Go back to your trailer, you hillbilly. They walk arm in arm across the arena floor through the curtain while security tries to keep the fans at bay all unaware that Barry is just as straight and redneck as they are, and they've been married for years like any other straight couple. They make it to the backstage hallway where Barry immediately drops her hand and walks off. Mary, wait! She holds her hand up as the deeper reality is upon them, but after the events of 1985, Kitty's real-life husband wants nothing to do with her. Bert Ironside sits behind his desk in the All-South Wrestling offices in the back of the Dallas Sportatorium, with glasses on the end of his nose, while nephew Chris Stanley walks in and sets a large, grease-stained paper bag on the edge of the desk. Here you go, Uncle. Here's your change. Ah, Bob Watts Barbecue. I'm starving. He pushes his pencils aside and tears open the bag, revealing the white Chinese takeout boxes with steamy fried chicken inside. Any word from Apollo? Nope. You been calling him? He's not at his apartment anymore. He moved out before Christmas. <laughs> Motherfucker. I built that pretty boy into a draw. And he turns tail like that? Boy, you better hope I never run into that kid again. I know, Uncle. I still don't know what happened. Anyway, 
I need you to send these out. Bert gestures to a stack of packages. Green Bay, Chicago, Atlanta, Charlotte. What's all this? Well, you're making more rock and roll MTV videos for the boys. Peyton and Pop's been getting tapes ready for some new towns. New towns? I've been asked for years for tapes. Something I ain't put much effort into since we were never going to tour another guy's territories, and they don't pay much. But I think it's time we kept some of these other places up to date with the newest All-South wrestling. Start looking for new stations to air All-South. After all, you never know. You mean running All-South shows outside of our territory? Things ain't the same after the Super Bowl of wrestling. What happened exactly? Bert rips open one of the boxes and pulls out a chicken leg and takes a bite. Turns out the whole deal was a work. Just Jesse James and Daniel Hawkins angled to raid our locker rooms. What? Nella caught Hawkins red-handed after the show and cleaned his clock for his trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, that's what that was. Between that and them buying St. Louis on the sly, it's pretty clear those two crooked sons of bitches think it's all about them and fuck the rest of us. Jeez. Oh, what does this mean? What it means, my fat fuck of a nephew, is all bets are off, and it's every man for himself. Now get them tapes to the post office pronto, and get ready for war. It's a cool winter morning in the Motel 6 in Columbus. Miss Kitty, in her jeans and leather jacket, is smoking on a bench in the parking lot when Diamond Donnie Gold spots her. She immediately gets nervous as he approaches, still with a light limp, but no more cane. Kitty, you still here? I saw Barry loading up the car over an hour ago. We aren't riding together anymore. Who would? Why? Seriously, Donnie. She takes another drag from her smoke and looks away. Hey, what can I say? I'm sorry to hear that, but it's got nothing to worry about. We're just friends, right? What we did at the reservation was one night. Technically nothing, because I just ate your Donnie, pussy. please, just go away. She scowls at him while looking around to make sure no one is around. Wait, Kitty, I just wanted you to know that... My ride's here. She stands and puts her cigarette out on the ground and rubs it out with her high heel as Donnie's face drops. Morning, Donnie. Jesse nods to Donnie from the driver's seat as Daniel Hawkins emerges from the motel room behind them with an enormous, idiotic smile on his face. Hi, Kitty. I hear you're riding with us to make it. Yeah, Daddy went straight home to Atlanta last night, so Jesse said I could tag along. That's exciting. Uh, let me get your bag. Daniel trips over himself to pick up her suitcase. Oh, thank you, boss. That's so sweet. Just call me Daniel. <laughs> he blushes as he opens the front door for her, while Jesse sips on a styrofoam cup of coffee, trying to wake up. Kitty puts on sunglasses and turns away from Donnie as Daniel hops in the back seat, ogling Kitty the whole time. As Jesse pulls out, Donnie looks on, forlorn, as he feels a pit in his stomach as Kitty freezes him out. Thor Hansen walks back from the LA Sports Arena floor to end yet another huge show for the Empire Wrestling Federation. Thor gestures with his thumb towards the arena as boss Julian Kane stands in the hallway to welcome him. Hanging from the rafters, Julian. Hanging from the rafters. Yes, it's important we do well in LA. I'm gonna need you to work more media out here, too. Why? I want to build LA as our strongest market. Just between you and me, 
We're checking out a new venue tomorrow. The Forum? The Olympic Coliseum. Holy shit, dude. Are you serious? You need to be the biggest star possible. Talk to Nigel and see if he can get you any more TV appearances. Can you get on the love boat again? Actually, Julian, Daniel's already set me up with something big. Daniel Hawkins? What the fuck are you talking about? No, dude. Daniel Daybreak, my new manager. Julian smiles through gritted teeth. Oh, really? And what's that? Some local liquor store or something? Crazy Eddie's appliances? <laughs> Very funny. But I don't work for Charlie Gutch anymore. I'm gonna be in the new Schwarzenegger movie. Some alien movie in the jungle, Predator or something? Julian tries to hide his disappointment as Daybreak is proving to be legit. Really? Yep. Daybreak introduced me to the producers last night. Well, isn't he something? He's the magic man. Makes things happen. Julian sneers. And speaking of making things happen, I need you to make something happen for me. Anything, Thor, I've always been in your corner. What do you need? Corporal punishment? Needs to go. What? Yeah, I've been generous letting him stay in the car out of the kindness of my heart. The public's getting confused on who the real patriot is around here. Get rid of him. Um, he's still viable, he's over. And he's completely subservient to me. I'd rather not get rid of him. I don't like the guy. We steal him a gimmick. It's him or me. Do it. Thor pokes Julian in the chest and walks off. Kings of the Ring will return after these messages. Hello, Delhi. Now, the deli tastes you love. Hello, Delhi. Are also a new Oscar Mayer select slices. Oscar Mayer put deli taste where it belongs. Nine all-time deli favorites, including pastrami, Italian-style beef, corned beef, and more. New Oscar Mayer select slices for deli taste a whole new way. Deli taste is here today. Deli taste the whole way. Sometime soon, this man could walk into your life and make you a millionaire. This man is Herb. Now that Herb loves the Whopper, he's visiting a Burger King in every state. Study the Herb poster, because the first person to spot Herb in each restaurant wins $5,000, and everybody there gets a chance at a million and a free Whopper and Pepsi. Spot Herb at Burger King and win $5,000 and a chance at a million. Now return to Kings of the Ring. The outlaw Jesse James sits with Daniel Hawkins in a Waffle House outside of Savannah, finishing up his breakfast with a refreshing cigarette while Daniel finishes up his all-star special. Uh, things ain't getting better with the fans. Uh, out of the ones who showed up, they're still not with me like they used to. Yeah, I can tell they're still a little weird about things. I mean, the news isn't covering Jimmy Buck's death every night anymore, but people still know about it and blame you for his suicide. Doesn't help People Magazine was asking Eddie Carr about it in the last issue. And that damn Michael Sluck brings it up anytime he gets a chance on ABC News Exposed. I need to give the fans a break from this and get the belt off of me. I agree. Who do you think? I ought to smarten you up on my plan for Donnie Gold, and uh, he ain't ready yet. So it makes sense we'll put it on a new face and elevate one of our heels to be a true top guy. Talking about the Russian, the Rakoffs. Which one? Vladimir. He's got the best look by far, and he's a good kid. Still green, but we got the guys who can carry the matches while he learns. Bert pulled it off with Apollo and Dallas. 
we can do the same. Hey, you're the booker, and I trust you. Vladimir it is. When that scary bald head and body cut out of granite, I think it'll draw money. Heck, if we're gonna match our champions muscle for muscle with Julian's, I'd put Vladimir against Thor any day of the week. Let's set it up then, Danny boy. Bring the cameras on out to Greensboro. Charlie Gotch is on the casino floor of the showboat, off in the corner to avoid any wrestling fans, casually pulling the arm of a quarter slot machine and not really paying attention, too focused on hatred and revenge. There you are! Freddie Fengler rounds the corner with a notebook and grabs a seat next to Charlie. <laughs> any luck? He motions to the slot machine. Don't worry about that, Freddie. What do you got? He opens the ledger and leaves through. Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, one second. Okay, in Denver, we're at the Coliseum on the 17th. Empire's at McNichols Arena on the 16th. On the 20th, we're in Des Moines, while Empire's in Cedar Rapids, also on the 20th. We have St. Paul on the 21st, and Empire's at the Civic Center a week later. Really? The Civic Center booked Julian too? It's bullshit. Later, we have Omaha on the 23rd, while Empire's in Lincoln the same night. Great job, Freddy. I'm impressed you took the initiative to change our dates before I even gave you the green light. That's the kind of gumption we need. Uh, Charlie, uh, I didn't do a thing. Eh, what do you mean? This was just how it was. Julian's the one who booked all those to go head-to-head with us. What? Charlie's face turns red. The call to book shows head-to-head against someone else? What a sleaze. It goes against the spirit of wrestling. Charlie, take it easy. You're going to give yourself a coronary. Shut up, Fingler. Julian Kane needs to be destroyed. In the hallway of Greensboro Coliseum, Jesse James is in his gear with world title belt, standing with the Rykovs and Prince Abdullah with an open bottle of vodka in his hand. After I pin Abby, that's when you boys run out and beat the tar out of me and split that flagpole over my head. Uh, take it to Brutal Bob and he'll gimmick it so it breaks clean over my skull. He pops a white pill in his mouth and swigs the vodka. The Rykoffs look at each other awkwardly. Vladimir asks, Everything all right, Jesse? Are you nervous? <laughs> no, uh, but aspirin is a blood thinner and so's the alcohol. That blood will be squirting out of me like Old Faithful. Dimitri pictures that and cringes. I'm gonna be sick. Vladimir nods. No, I, I get it, Jesse. It is gonna be a big angle, isn't it? Right now, the arch enemy of all America is Russia. Which is why we gonna strap the Rocketeer back. If you get my drift. He winks to Vladimir and taps on the world title belt around his waist. Oh. Oh. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you, Jesse. Dimitri gives a congratulatory pat on the back to his longtime pal, knowing what's coming. There is no one, and still, WWA World Heavyweight Champion, the outlaw, Jesse Guerrero. With the sweaty Prince Abdullah on his back, selling the finish, Vladimir and Dmitry Rykov bum-rush the ring and attack Jesse James. He tries to defend himself, but after wrestling a 20-minute match, is quickly overwhelmed. Then Abdullah and Dmitry hold his arms, and the mighty Vladimir breaks the Russian flagpole over his head. Jesse crumples to the mat and falls face first. 
and the Rykoffs turn him to his back, blood is pouring out of his forehead as the three foreigners stomp and punch him. Then they pick up the Russian flag and drape it over Jesse's unconscious body as if it were his funeral. EWF Brain Trust, Julian Kane, Nigel Davies, Louis the Greek, Les Henderson, and Hollywood buddy Melrose step out from the tunnel facing the inside of the 100,000-seat Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Great see that ghost. This place is gigantic. Louis the Greek gasps. Grand old lady, Henderson adds. Hey guys, we're staying at where Carl Lewis ran out the tunnel with the Olympic torch. They step out and look up at the Grand Peristyle arches of the East End, and look up at the Olympic rings emblazoned in the interior walls and the high torch above. Buddy, in his dress shirt with the sleeves rolled up, That wasn't Carl Lewis. Who was it? I don't know the guy's name, but it wasn't Carl Lewis. Rayford Johnson. Ah, yes, thank you, Louis. I remember now. Who's that? The guy with the torch. I mean, what does he do? Is he a sprinter, a high jumper? I'm not an Olympic almanac. I don't fucking know. Well, you knew who he was. Louie knew who he was, not me. Nigel rubs the back of his neck, wincing as he looks out at the vast stadium. What's wrong, Nigel? You all whined about Milwaukee and the Mecca. I finally decide to do Empire Mania in style. You look like you're passing a kidney stone. I was hoping you'd come to your senses since Milwaukee, old boy, the elegant Brit says. The largest wrestling crowd in history was 39,484 for Leroy Brown and the Southern Rebels in the Superdome. The largest crowd for Los Angeles would have been Charlie Gotch and Antonio Sabersky in this building, and they drew 27,000. You're saying I can't outdraw Charlie Gotch? I'm saying you've raised the bar higher than ever. More media attention is given to Empire Mania than any other event in wrestling. We cannot get away with 27,000 or even 40. This stadium must be as full as Bruce Springsteen's three-night stand in September, or it will look like a failure. Julian smiles. Well then, guess we better get to work, right, old boy? Nigel steps away in frustration and lights a cigarette as Buddy walks over. Julian, why here? We're still relatively new on the West Coast, and wrestling hasn't been hot in L.A. for years. You're probably here because Charlie Gotch holds record. Julian ignores Louis. Tell him why, Nigel. All of the Empire's strongest markets will be buried in snow come December, so that rules out Philadelphia, Giant Stadium, or any other stadium in the Northeast. The largest indoor stadiums are the Silver Dome, Superdome, and the Astrodome. Houston and New Orleans are not places that we would... Julian looks at Nigel and sneers at what he's about to say about the EWF's drawing power in those Alliance hotbeds. Um, have available to us. And Detroit is a dump. Wiping out Charlie's name from the record books is always a good thing, but it's a process of elimination. We don't have history here, but no better time than now to create some. This was one of the many neglected markets by Charlie and the Alliance. It's why last night's show at the sports arena was so important and why we have to come back and put on the best shows to build the town. Can we do this place? 92,516 was the attendance for the 84 Olympic opening ceremonies. We're gonna beat that number. How? With the main event of all main events, (laughs) right, Julian? Exactly, buddy. So what do you say? Ready to come out of retirement and wrestle Thor in the ultimate student versus teacher match? (laughs) Ha! Hell no! 
My in-ring days are definitely over. Shame. Thor need major opponent. Empire One was Kong the Destroyer and Killian Kavanaugh. Empire Two, Mabutu Zulu. Thor against monsters. Could we uh, build a blob in one year? Well, I can think of one guy we could bring in that'd sell the place out with Thor, guarantee. Still the biggest attraction in the business, even if he is based in Japan. Out of the question. Nigel walks to Henderson, waving his finger. Too unpredictable and impossible to control. Has Buddy found out the hard way? Nigel puts his hand on Buddy's shoulder. Far too much at stake to put our main event in that man's hands. But perhaps a stronger worker might be in order this time anyway. So it's not always the same, Julian? We could get Killian Kavanaugh going again. Keep it a pure singles this time. Thor Hansen versus Killian Kavanaugh. No, I don't want to repeat. Needs to be a fresh matchup. Tommy Aloha has been excellent as Intercontinental Champion. He could definitely get a good match out of Thor. Not gonna do babyface versus babyface. My father did Goliath against Dominic Dante in Shea Stadium, and the crowd was embarrassing. And so was the match. No one wanted to do anything heelish, so it was rest holds. Such a waste of Goliath. How about turning Aloha heel? I don't think he'd make a very good one. How about bringing in Crusher Krawcheck and turn him heel? Or even Dane Sanders? <laughs> Wouldn't Dane Sanders against Thor Hansen be something? <laughs> Julian sneers and looks away from Henderson, disregarding his existence. I want something fresh and new. Something that taps into America. I want a match that non-wrestling fans can sink their teeth into. Stick with the patriotic angle. Thor versus a foreigner. Julian paces around the concrete platform and puts a foot on a bleacher and his elbow on his knee, looking out at the field, still set up for USC football. Mabutu Zulu has been great. It's an amazing gimmick, and he's selling it well, but nobody really hates Africa. I want families waving their American flags in their living rooms. Who is America's biggest enemy? Iran, Ayatollah, uh, the only Arab wrestler of any consequence is Prince Abdullah, who's in Atlanta, whom, and you fired him quite violently, Julian. Russia. It's always been Russia. They're an enemy we can't fight in the field with a gun or a tank. It's the Cold War that only ends in World War III. Something families worry about every day. All of us. What did you say about fighting on the field? Um tanks and machine guns? That's it exactly. Americans are frustrated that our greatest enemy is one we can't fight on the battlefield. But in wrestling, America can fight Russia. In the ring. In 1986, it's all about the Russian heel. That's what we need. I think this entire conversation is what Jesse James had a year ago when he turned those green rookies into the Rykoff brothers for SCW. Yes, you're right, Nigel. Jesse two step ahead of us on this one. Plus, you got the A-Rab with Abdullah. Jesse has all the best heels, don't he? True, but their biggest babyface might be a murderer. They have the best foreign heels and no one to stop them. And we have the best patriotic babyfaces, yet our best foreigners are from Ireland, Africa, and Vietnam. Not exactly relevant in 1986. Hey, maybe we should do Super Bowl wrestling with the Alliance. Thor and corporal punishment against Iraqoffs with Prince Abdullah? They'd sell this place out. Nigel, closing his eyes, cringing. Hendo, 
Do you see the top of this stadium where they lit the torch? Henderson looks up, putting his hand over his eyes to block the sun. Uh, yep. I want you to climb up there and then jump off to the parking lot below. Are you kidding? I'd be squished like a tomato. I'm counting on it. Henderson frowns as he figures it out. Last Russian I remember was Boris Khrushchev. He worked mostly for your dad, and he was the shits. Can we make a Russian? Any lesser-known guys from Canada maybe we can use? Must be some kind of guy out there we can snag. Why make Russian from the outside? What if one of our current baby faces is a Russian spy? Nigel <laughs> flicks off his cigarette. A turncoat. Corporal punishment betrays America and pledges allegiance to the Soviet Union. That might solve two problems. They all nod as they picture it. That would definitely work. He's established throughout the country as the face of America. To burn an American flag would make him the biggest heel in the country. With only one man fit to face him, the American Viking, Thor Hansen. We could slow burn that all year. Yes, but I, I want to keep my options open. I'm not sure I want to give that covenant a spot to him. But this is all good for now. We're 12 months away. We have plenty of time to create that main event. Let's get lunch. What do you say, Nigel? Spago? Maybe we'll finally run into that Daniel Daybreak asshole. Yes, I'll find a payphone. I'll make a call. Well, I guess As the men move out, Julian pulls Louis aside. Uh, Louis, I have a special project. Someone I want to make a wrestler. Who can train him? Who is guy? Another actor? Like Stallone? No, he's an athlete. An elite athlete. Frankie Lovejoy in Calgary. He worked best at turned sports guy into wrestling. Who is this that he so special? <laughs> oh, Louie, he's special. He's very special. He might very well be the future of professional wrestling. Kitty hears the sounds of Richard Petty racing on the TV as she steps into her living room, Barry! adorned with Christmas portraits of she and Barry, Barry! pictures of her husband holding up prized fish Barry! on the lake, and his high school football trophies. Barry walks in with a sandwich on a plate. What are you doing here? His fat belly plopped on the tray. I want to come back. No, Kitty. I'm sick of staying in that damn trailer with my daddy. It's a, it's a pigsty. Should have thought of that before you did what you did with Donnie. Jack, enough. I know something went on, Kitty. And so does the whole damn locker room. It was bad enough when I was a joke for marrying someone out of my league. Now it's even worse, because everyone knows you fucked Donnie. That did not happen. I swear to God. If it wouldn't happen all this time, then it happened in Oklahoma. You gonna stand there with a straight face and tell me nothing happened in Oklahoma? Nothing happened there. Jerry shakes its head of receding hair, trying to laugh off his anger. Sure. Come on. Come on, Barry. I helped him get better, and he's walking. I barely said two words to Donnie since he's been back. There's no reason to be mad, because there's nothing between us. I can't do this anymore, Catherine. I'm gonna tell Jesse to split us up. What? You'll be fine being a valet for somebody. You're Miss Kitty. It's me I'm worried about. I got nothing. My body's the shits. I'm not a great worker. I'm not even that good in the interview. I'm a gimmick, carried by my valet. I never had the tools to be a top guy, to be a world champion. Those guys got permanence. They got legacy. When Donnie broke his back, he was fine, because he was a former world champion. Jesse James, Crusher, everybody. They all got that world title to define them, to hang their hat on, no matter what. 
Once you win gold, that's forever. They're in the record books. I don't have that, but I don't have a choice. You do. Stay together and we'll work this out. Kitty, I can't go out there pretending we're a team. I can't even look at you without my heart breaking all over again. Her eyes water as she sees the pain in his eyes. There's nothing you can say to fix it. I want a divorce. We are more than 40 episodes deep into this saga as we begin the next 10 episode season, all leading up to the mega climactic 50th episode, which will be our season five finale. And I promise you, there will be an incident worthy of being the 50th episode and a story that needed all 50 episodes to get us there. Now, this is an ad-free program, and I prefer it that way, so we rely more on Patreon to help finance the show. So please visit patreon.com slash kingsotr and consider joining. It'll only cost you a couple bucks, and you're going to hear new episodes a full two weeks early, plus you're hearing the full extended edition, complete with deleted scenes through the Patreon feed. Plus, you get access to Breaking Kayfabe, the podcast series that gives you director's commentary for each episode, plus explaining the Easter eggs on the original inspirations and references for the stories here in the Kingsverse. And you also have the power to give the most direct and impactful feedback to the show by voting for your favorite scene of each episode on the Patreon poll. But there's lots of good stuff in store this season involving the usual suspects, some new faces, lots of tragedy, and as always, some surprise returns. So get ready for 1986 and beyond.